Hello, hello, my truth-seeking mates. Beautiful, beautiful truth-seeking mates. And I should probably include my not-so-beautiful truth-seeking mates. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my podcast, Truthfully Thinking. This is your host, Julie Semena, and this is a podcast where theology, apologetics, and a thinking lifestyle merge. Thank you for your patience. I cannot express my gratitude on how you guys have been patient with me. There has been quite a bit going on these past few weeks, which is the reason why I've been delayed so much on episode 17. I want to apologize a tragillion times. Pretty sure tragillion is not a number. That's coming from a math teacher who is not sure that if tragillion is not a number, but I'm pretty sure it's not. So I have had migraines, a lot of migraines in the past few weeks it's been really bad. Um, I am a teacher. And as I already said, and I'm now repeating, I'm a public school teacher. So I'm in summer right now. And what happened was, I had bought a pillow that seemed promising as far as allowing me to sleep a little longer. And um, I know I've never mentioned this before, but I suffer from really bad migraines. And what happens is if I ever sleep more than six hours, um, I'm most likely going to get a migraine that day. And so I had found a pillow that I thought had solved the problem and it. Um, I wasn't actually able to 100% say sure for sure it worked because I was not actually sleeping um, more than six hours. But in a few occasions I did and I didn't get migraines, which led me to believe the pillow was actually working. Turns out that when I went on my summer break, I thought, well, now I'm in summer. I'll sleep eight hours now instead of six. Um, No, migraine said you shall not sleep more than six hours. And I got a migraine every single night. I want to say the second week after I was off from so that was like two weeks ago. And I just haven't been sleeping well because of these migraines. I get them at random times. I can get it at two in the morning, three, four, five. Sometimes it's not until I wake up and out of bed that I'll get it. So, so it's kind of, it just became like this horrible, vicious cycle because what would happen is I would wake up unrested because I didn't sleep well because of a migraine. And so because of that, I would get sleepy. And because I got sleepy, I would try to rest. And because I tried to rest, I would fall asleep. And then because of that, I'd end up getting another migraine. And it's just this horrible cycle. And once I get in that, it's really hard to finally balance it out and get some rested uh, sleep. So for the past about four nights, I've been sleeping better. Um, no migraines. Um, last night, I went to bed really late and woke up still at the same time I wake up to go running every morning. So that was a bad idea because now I'm tired. So if you hear me yawning, that's the reason. Um, and so it's just not, I mean, it's been, I've had a quite a few nice days where I've hung out with the kids and took them to Kins Dominion, went to the beach and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's been bad sleep every night. 
no pity party here. Just letting you know why I was not here for the past few weeks. I will be fine. I'll survive. Everything will be okay. Um, it's not the first time this has happened to me. I've suffered from migraines since migraines since I was nine years old. Yeah, not fun. I hope my kids don't suffer from them because they are truly not. Um, they're truly not something you you want to suffer from. Uh, if you're related to me, my dad had them. My dad was actually healed um, by God through prayer through a brother actually long time ago in Canada. Um, and um, so that was great for him. Um, that has not been the case here. So I will continue to deal with them until the Lord wants me to or until I die, which whichever one I am fine with. Um, so yeah, guys, fun talk there. I want to give you a few updates. Um, if you are not aware, I also with my sister-in-law manage a little group called Truthful Mamas. It's just a group of moms that get together and read a book together. And we kind of just keep each other accountable in reading the book. We talk about it, discuss it. Um, and we're now on our fourth book and our fourth book is God's Crime Scene by Jay Warner Wallace. We just had our third session yesterday and wow, guys, let me tell you chapters two and three of this book were super challenging to get through, not because, um, I wasn't actually understanding what I was reading, although I did get lost in a few, in a few times, but because, I am not even going to lie. I find the details of science so tedious. I can superficially learn science to defend Christianity and to kind of get a hold of, to be able to defend something well. But when it comes to getting down to the details of it, I mean, this was talking about like enzymes and different shaped proteins and I was like really struggling to get through those chapters when I was reading. So basically a few pages that would have the amount of pages that would have usually taken me about 45 minutes to read took me about three hours. So I'm not saying this is a bad book. Um, as a matter of fact, it's a really great book. Um, what I'm saying is that the stuff in there that I need to learn and grow and develop in uh, my brain finds quite tedious and I have a difficult time getting through it, but I will get through it. I did love the first and second chapter, uh, wait, the introduction. And um, I'm looking forward to the next chapter, which is, I think, is building that profile for the suspect. I think I can't remember right now. My brain is toast. But yeah. And then at my church, I also... Um, with a team, a fantastic team, I coordinate the teens ministry. Um, it's our, we call it our clear teens because the initials of the name of our church are C C L R. So clear teens. Um, it's here in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And I'm only mentioning it because our teens ministry will be hosting for the fourth year something we have been calling Apologetics Boot Camp. Um, it's usually the last weekend of August. It's going to be here in Fredericksburg, like I said, Fredericksburg, Virginia. 
And we're going to be having Dr. Juan Valdez. We're going to be having Chris Pond. We're going to be having my husband, Manuel Mena, all three who are bilingual. So the um, uh, topics they will be covering will be covered in both in Spanish and in English on in separate sessions. So if you are in the Fredericksburg, Virginia area, you're welcome to come. If you are a mama um, who isn't interested, who reads English and speaks English, who would be interested, interested in joining our group. Um, we are an online, uh, we do our meetings online, so we don't actually have to leave our homes, leave our babies. We get together every three weeks at nine o'clock PM when our babies are already in bed. If you're not a mom, but you're an aunt, or a grandparent or a youth leader who would like to learn how to provide information to their little ones so that they can have evidence for Christianity and grow in knowledge and realize that reality actually supports the truth of Christianity, then please go ahead and email me. I'd be more than happy to have you with us. Um, The more the merrier. Um, We're also giving out prizes now that we can afford it because we actually have some funds. Um, We're a fairly tiny organization. I don't even know if we shouldn't call it an organization because it's just my sister-in-law and me and some ladies who get together. And we're just trying to see if we can get some some tools to moms, merchandise, um, truthfulmamas.com. We'll have some um, stuff coming soon. Um, for sale to help us with some funds, but also to provide tools for moms um, to use at home with her kids. So with that being said, and all that rambling that I wanted to get out of the way, let's go ahead and get into the subject for today, which is just handling truth. So I originally had a different title and I realized it wasn't appropriate when I was doing the Spanish podcast or episode. So when I finished the Spanish episode, I realized, you know, this is not a good title for it, for what I'm talking about. So I realized that I needed to change it and handling, handling truth is actually the best way to describe the today's episode. And <clears throat> this came about because a while ago I read an article about a girl, no, not a girl, a woman, a woman, young woman who decided that she was going to go on a journey to try and choose a religion. Now, I want to point out that her, I guess, qualifications to find a a religion that she would be willing to live by, it, it actually was very poorly constructed. These qualifications were basically a means of finding a religion that fit her lifestyle and a religion that she liked. Now, I will say there is nothing wrong with going out there and looking for something based on your taste. Um, if it's ice cream, if it's food, if it is a gym, if it is a candy bar or clothes, I get you get my gist here. Um, there are things that, that you are allowed to 
choose based on your taste, whether those are your taste buds or fashion taste or food taste, whatever else you want to fit in there. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that. However, this is not the way to go about religion. And I will tell you why. The things that we believe have eternal consequences. If you believe something that you live by, there are eternal consequences to those beliefs, especially, and this is especially important to listen to if your beliefs are, are false. Now, I say this because nobody purposely believes something that is false. I'm going to repeat that. Nobody purposely believes something that is false. We all believe something because we think it's true. We never, you know, nobody unless they're absolutely psychotic or schizophrenic or paranoid, nobody um, listens to someone and says, oh, wow, that's a lie. I'm going to believe that and live by it. That's not, that's not what people do. Um, however, you have this person going on this journey to figure out what religion she's going to live by. And the only thing she's going by is whether it fits her lifestyle and whether she likes that religion. Those are very, very extremely poor qualifications to base um, your choice of religion when clearly what you believe has eternal consequences. I want to say that is not how to uncover true religion. It's completely wrong to do it that way. Now, religions are not, you know, like colors where you get to pick your favorite color. Oh, I like this one. No, um, it's not about which one you like. It's not about which one um, is convenient for you. It's about which one is true. It is about which one is the true religion. Now, a huge part of the reason why we find ourselves in this conundrum where people think you can just pick a religion like you would pick your favorite candy bar or favorite chips or favorite ice cream is because we have created this huge false idea that all religions are true. So if all religions are true, then it doesn't really matter which one you pick, right? But the problem is that that's that notion that all religions are true is completely false. And this is where I say that you have ideas that have eternal consequences because if someone believes all religions are true, that that means that any religion they pick will take them to heaven. And there goes that eternal consequence when that person dies and realizes, oh, this was the wrong religion. And now what? Well, you're dead now. So it doesn't really matter <laughs> if you realize it now. Um, so it's really important to think about these things now that we're here on earth living, not once we're dead. Now, all this to say is, 
that a, a whole lot of this has to do with how we're teaching our our people, our generations, our future generations, our children on how to manage truth. Now, mind you, if you're in math class and the teacher says one plus one is two, you're never going to find a child saying, well, you know what? I don't like that. I don't like that one plus one is two. I want one plus one to be three. So from now on, I'm going to live my life as if one plus one is three because I don't like that one plus one is two. I mean, how crazy would that be, right? But the the fact of the matter is that it doesn't matter how you feel about the fact that one plus one is two. Whether you like that one plus one is two or not, it is still going to be one plus one is two. Nothing that you, your feelings about about that being one plus one equals two is not going to change the fact that one plus one equals two. Now, we know this about math. Nobody's going to try to argue with you about how one plus one equals two. Nobody's going to be like, stop saying that it hurts my feelings. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you have to live with the fact but we never, for some reason, well, for several reasons, actually, um, we'd never manage, manage Christianity this way. We are teaching our children that Christianity should be managed with feelings. So however Christianity makes you feel is what matters. And the fact that it's true is kind of like, who cares? It's a horrible way to teach our children to follow Christianity because feelings are so deceptive. They change all the time and our feelings cannot be trusted. And this is biblical. You know, if your teacher says two plus two is four, you know, and then it's not like you're going to be like, it's not like your teacher's going to be like, okay, guys, two plus two is four. How do you feel about that? You know, how does that make you feel? I mean, I'm not, and please don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing um, or... I'm not saying that you should never validate feelings of how people are, of people's emotions um, are reactive to certain subjects or, or anything like that. If you know me, you know that I'm always saying that you should be very, very gracious, very careful, very kind, very compassionate when you're communicating um, truths that are very um, delicate. However, um, what I'm trying to get at here is that the reason we're there, the reason there are so many truths that people um, are are not even thinking through, but they're just reacting to with their feelings is because it's our fault. We are teaching our kids to think about Christianity with their feelings, not with reason or logic. And again, I want to repeat, I'm not saying that you shouldn't validate feelings. I'm not saying that you should go out there and purposely hurt people's feelings because as long as you're saying the truth, it doesn't matter. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that we should not teach people to think with their feelings when it comes to truth. We should teach people to critically think about truth instead of just thinking with their feelings. Now, after we get the facts about 
about the truth out of the way. We can discuss how it makes us feel, but we don't dismiss truth simply because it makes us feel in some negative way. Um, we cannot allow our feelings to lead us. Logic and reason lead. Feelings are a secondary reaction to reason and logic. And sometimes those feelings will lead us correctly. And sometimes those feelings will not lead us correctly. But we won't know the difference unless we're thinking with reason and logic. Now, where I want to get to with all of this is on how to manage truths. Now, I'm not talking just about the truths in the Bible. What do I mean by that? Some people are so like blinded by blind faith <laughs> um, to the point where it's like the only truths that matter are the ones that are in the Bible. Now, I'm not going to deny that the truths in the Bible are the most important truths that any human being could know. But that does not mean that those are the only truths that exist and that those are the only important truths that we should know. For example, two plus two is four. That's not in the Bible. Ma Bible doesn't teach us math, but that does not mean that math does not exist. It does not mean that we ignore the fact that two plus two is four. I say this because you have a lot of people out there who are so like, I don't even know what to call it. Oh, I know what to call it. So into their Christianese language that everything is, everything matters as long as it's in the Bible. And then outside of that, nothing matters. And it's like, well, we, we don't live in the Bible. Like we didn't exist in the Bible. Don't, don't we matter? Um, but you know, it's, it's really sad how people will allow this false idea to rule over everything else and ignore all the other truths that matter. You know, like we know a lot of the theology that we know um, is biblically based, but there's a lot of theology that we know that is not explained in the Bible, but because of the Bible, it can be explained outside in another book. Um, and that is helpful. It's, it, it helps us grow. It helps us grow in knowledge and in, in, uh, spiritually um, it, it to be able to help others grow. Um, so I, I just want to make that clear before I move on. So the way we manage truths is by three, there's three simple things. You accept it, you live by it, and then you spread it. I will use a simple example to help understand this. One plus one equals two. That is the truth I will accept. There is no scientific proof. We can't do an experiment to prove that one plus one equals two, but one plus one equals two. It's a fact. We accept the truth. We live by it. So I will live as if one plus one equals two. That means that if I get, if I'm given a dollar and then I get another dollar, I'm not going to believe in my mind that I have $3. I live by the truth that one plus one equals two. So if I'm given $1 bill and then another dollar bill, that means I have $2 and I cannot, even if I really needed $3, I cannot believe that I have $3 because the fact of the matter is whether I like it or not, afford it or not, 
one plus one equals two. So now that I have the way that I know that I have accepted that one plus one equals two is because I live as if that's true. And then because I know that it's true, I will easily and without a doubt, not even thinking about it, spread it. Now, some people are like, what? I don't go around preaching that one plus one equals two. Like, who cares? Yeah, you don't. But if you're ever um, telling someone to, I don't know, pay you back for money they owe and they give you just one dollar bill and they're telling they owed you two, you don't let it go. You make sure that something is done about it. You are spreading this truth in some way, because if someone else tries to tell you that $1 is $2 when they owe you two, you're going to do something about it. You're going to make sure that this other person realizes you're making a mistake that is not correct. Now, this is just a simple truth, but not all truths are that simple to manage or handle. I do realize there are topics that are much more complicated to address. So I'm not saying that this is how simple it's going to be whenever you accept, live, and spread truth. But what I do want to say is that you can't go around saying that you have, that you trust a fact or that you accept a fact if you're not living as if that fact is true. Now, I do also want to say that whenever you're spreading the truth, a lot, sometimes um, this is done in forms of correcting people. And I do want to emphasize that it's very important that you correct people wisely. You don't go around correcting people you don't know. You're just going to be that guy that is the (laughs) actor. The, the wise disciple podcast calls them. Uh, no, it wasn't them. Who was it? Uh, no, no, no. It is them. One of them um, talks about the the actually guy, you know, the one who is like actually and always correcting people, you know. But um, some people do it to, um, some people do it to contradict others, not because they are actually interested in correcting someone, but rather just to contradict what they're saying um, because they want to be um, um, confrontational. That's the word. But um, whenever you're correcting someone wisely, you just need to make sure that you're finding the most effective way to do that. And you're not going to know how to do that unless you're learning how to effect- effectively engage with others. And for that side note, I'm not sponsored. I want to recommend Wise Disciple. It's an excellent podcast to learn how to engage with people. Back to my uh, topic here. If you're not living it, when you, if you're not living a truth, you can't say that you have fully accepted a, tru- a truth or, the, or that you trust a fact. Why am I saying this? Well, because if you believe that Christianity is true and you're a hundred percent convinced that Christianity is factual, that it's true, that Jesus is indeed the savior um, of humanity and that everyone is a sinner, then if you have accepted that fact that you're a sinner and that you need a savior, then you can't tell me that you have accepted that fact that you 
trust that fact to be true. If you're not living as if Jesus is your savior, as if, if you're not living as if you believe that Jesus indeed spoke truth and that the word of God is um, factual. And I say this because the label of Christianity, the Christian label is so easily thrown out there here in, in, in America that anyone's a Christian now. Everyone and anyone can be called a Christian as long as they say they are. And then when you start noticing the way they're living, you realize, wait a minute, but you're not supposed to do that. Um, you can't say that you follow Jesus if you're not actually following him. Um, but people do. So I want to say that if you're looking for a religion, it would be very important to find true religion. And this true religion, I believe it to be Christianity, and we can discuss why I believe that in another occasion. But if Christianity is in fact true, and we are all sinners, um, it would be very, um, very important. Well, yes, it would be very important to accept that you're a sinner, but even more importantly, it would be important to find a solution to the fact that you're a sinner. So let me, don't let me actually, I want to go into that with that. I want to go into the last point that I'm going to make tonight or today not tonight because not night here. <laughs> um, and it's, what if I don't like what the Bible says? Well, let me give you the analogy here. Okay. The analogy I wanted to get into. If you go to the doctor and the doctor discovers you have cancer cells in your body and the doctor comes out and tells you exactly what you need to do to give you a better chance at fighting cancer. But then you, you look at the doctor and you're like, you know what? I don't really like um, that I have cancer. So I'm just not going to believe it. I'm just going to walk out of here and I don't believe I have cancer. I don't want to believe I have cancer. And so have a nice life. Well, that person can go home and pretend they don't have cancer, never tell their family they have cancer, live as if they don't have cancer. But I promise you that the cancer will have consequences and something is going to happen. His health is definitely going to diminish. It's definitely going to change. He is, he or she will definitely be affected by the fact that the cancer cells are in their body. So whether that person would like to accept it or not, they have cancer and they need a solution to the problem. But if they deny that they even have a problem, they will never seek the solution. This is the same thing as Christianity. Everyone is a sinner. Whether they want to accept that they're a sinner or not, there are still consequences to sin. And the thing about sin is that it has eternal consequences, not just cancer cells here on earth that end up dying after you die. Can't, um, sin 
if we don't accept that we are sinners, it does not take away the fact that we need a savior. That fact still stands. If we are sinners, we need a savior and Jesus Christ is that savior. If Jesus Christ is that savior, and it is in fact true that he can forgive sins, then we need to accept that truth. And then we need to live as if that is true. And no one is going to be able to know that you actually believe that truth, that you actually have accepted that truth, or that you have actually trusted that truth to be true. Nobody's going to believe you unless you're actually living as if it is true. And this is for all those out there who like to have the Christian label, but do absolutely nothing to actually um, have nothing in their life to actually show for it. Now, anyone who is convinced that we are all sinners and that we are in, in dire need of a savior and that it is a pressing um, issue that we are sinners. Anyone who believes that, anyone who believes that it is factual that we need a savior is going, is going to want to spread that truth because they're 100% convinced that it is true. The only way someone is not going to be interested in spreading this truth is if they themselves are not fully convinced that that is true in the first place. Because if they're not convinced it's true in the first place, why should they care to tell others about it? And this is how truth works. And this is for anything, guys. Any beliefs that you have that you believe to be true, you trust them, you accept them, you, you they become factual in your life. And because of that, you live as if those things are true. And then you go on and spread it, whether that's by correcting people or by influencing people, people or preaching about it or whatever it may be. This is how it happens. Ideas have consequences. And whether we like it or not, these consequences are eternal. And with that, please do not forget to follow my social networks on Twitter and Instagram, Verdaderamente P in Spanish, and Truthfully Think in English. I say goodbye to all my truth-seeking mates, beautiful and not so beautiful, wishing that your minds gradually understand the truth is a Christian's priority. And even if it hurts and makes us uncomfortable, practicing truth will make us better servants of our Jesus Christ, Lord. And may God bless everyone. Until next time, thank you for being here. And I will see you next time.